You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, you are going to learn everything, mostly everything, at least a very large introduction to the concept of swinging, which is when you have a partner and you guys are getting intimate or sexual with other people. Could be just a single person, could be other couples. And I have Kate and Daryl from the Swinging Down Under podcast who are going to tell us everything about it. And I've never interviewed anyone on this topic before, so my curiosity has definitely been sparked. I'm asking them a lot of questions about what it's like. And I thought I'd I'd do a podcast episode on this because, hey, maybe it's something that you get into now, which you'll learn about how that's possible, or it's something you get into in the future. Who knows? You'll have that option if it's something that you're open to. And that's why we're going to be learning about it on this podcast. So you're going to learn a lot because Kate and Daryl are really great at explaining things and helping you understand why it's something people do and how it's actually done. Real quick, I wanted to also mention that we are still in the middle of launching my online domination course. That's right. Trip.online-domination.com is where you go to join me and others in a live 12-week masterclass teaching you everything about online dating so you get more matches and more importantly, more dates with women that you're attracted to from the online dating apps. We're talking Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, Match, all of them. I'm going to teach you the exact system that you need to copy and paste the actual text messages that I've had people use that help you get more dates. So you're going to have access to that. And you also get to join us in this 12-week course, which is only available now through January 12th of 2021. So for the next week, you can join us and you can be able to come on these live classes with us for 12 weeks. If you're listening to this after that, you can still get access to the course, which teaches you everything that you need to know to be able to get more matches from online dating and get more dates. The link will be in the show notes. You just won't be able to join us for the live class. So this live class is only available now through January 12th. Okay, So you need to join this now if you really want to take online dating seriously in 2021. If you do, I'd love to have you there. And if you want to wait, you're not sure, it might be a few months till we just release the course that goes along with the masterclass. So you're going to have to wait a little bit, but I wouldn't wait. Get on this now. No better time to start than now. And plus, it's the new year. So all these women are joining the apps and saying to themselves, I need to figure out this online dating thing, or I need to go online to meet a man. And this is the year to do it. So, so many women, there's a big spike in people who join online dating. You want to be part of that so you can capitalize on the just more women that are on there. So you have more options. So you can get more dates. And this system is so easy to use. It's going to tell you exactly what to do for your pictures, exactly what to put in your bio, the exact messages to send on the apps, the exact messages to send over text messages to get a quick date. And with women that you're actually interested in, not just women that you're like, oh man, I can't believe I met with this one. She didn't look like her profile pictures. And I settled for her. No, you're going to have so many more options. And I want you to join today trip.online-domination.com. Join us. You have till January 12th. I want you in there. In the meantime, while you're thinking about that, let's learn about swinging with Kate and Daryl. 
Hey, Kate and Daryl, it is awesome to have you on the podcast. How's it going today? Or this morning, I should say. We're, we're recording at very different times. It's going great. Thanks, Trip. It's, uh, yeah. it's awesome. It's, it's, it is very early in the morning, so I've got my, my baritone on. But other than that, we're doing quite well. Yes, very nice. I know, I know what that's, that's all about. Well, it's funny because I'm ending my day. You're my last uh, appointment of the day, so to speak, and you guys are just starting yours. So mm-hmm. how fun. Yeah, because you guys, I know you're, you said you're in Asia now. As we hear from your accents, you're from Australia and you host a podcast called Swinging Down Under. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can tell us, first of all, why you decided to do a podcast like that. That'd be interesting to hear. And then we can talk about what swinging is and how you got into that part. Yeah. Why we decided to do a podcast, about five years ago, when we were first starting our journey, we were looking for information because it's quite a taboo subject, the whole idea of non-monogamy. And we wanted some information that would help us in our journey, but also we wanted some information that was maybe more Australian-centric. And so that was kind of why we started our podcast was to help curious newbies and couples who may be moving from a monogamous relationship to non-monogamous or people that were just interested in hearing about the journey or even the sexy stories. So that's kind of where it kicked off. It's morphed a little bit now into more of a global look at the swinging lifestyle and travel and events and swinging resorts and everything like that. But the idea uh, originally was just to help people like us find information about this very taboo topic. Got it. And I'm sure now people who are learning about it are finding your podcast and learning about it from you, which is interesting. Are there a lot of other podcasts on this topic? There wasn't when we actually first started out. But um, yes, at the moment, there is trips. So probably in, in late 2019 and into 2020, there's been an explosion of podcasters talking about non-monogamy. And I think it's just as more people become aware of sex positivity and the fact that there is alternative relationships out there, the more they go seeking information and then therefore they want to pay it forward. So there is an explosion of podcasters out there that are now talking about non-monogamy, which is fantastic. Yeah, I like to say to my audience, you know, I don't force them on anything in terms of what they should do with their relationships. But I do say you should explore all the ideas of what a relationship could look like. And then from there, decide what you want, whether it's you know, the more normal monogamous male to female, or if it's something where you're in a polyamorous relationship and all the other different options that one can explore. So I feel like that's what this podcast is today, is exploring this topic, which I have explored different topics of non-monogamy on this podcast over the, the five years I've been doing it. But I have never dived into the aspect of swinging or talk to swingers. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can tell us what does that even mean and what does that look like so someone can understand what that's all about. For sure. Swinging is is quite a broad term to be very honest because for each individual couple, there's an individual relationship is the best way to put it. So it is quite broad in terms of how people experience this and there's quite a lot of like a like many of these um, you know different lifestyles. There's there's a lot of different words to describe how somebody might be involved in swinging. For example, you know you have soft swap and full swap. Soft swap being oral only, and then full swap being full penetrative sex. So it really depends on where your relationship sits. But swinging is at its core the the act, I suppose of exchanging sex partners with other either non-monogamous couples or 
individuals, so single males, single females as well, can get involved in threesomes with a with a committed relationship, a committed couple. So that's where we sit. You know, we're we're a committed couple. We've been married now for five years, been together for ten, and been in the lifestyle for about six years. So, or in swinging for about six years. So. We now outweigh our time in swinging than we do out of swinging in terms of our relationship. And it depends on the couple. Some couples come in and they make this decision very early to be swingers straight off the bat. You know, they, they have a conversation quickly and they decide, well, yeah, within six months, we're, we're going to be in an open relationship with, with, um, with different couples or singles as well. Or you get other people who get their children out the door and sort of have an empty nest and decide that they want to get into it then. That seems to be the two ends of the spectrum, really, that we see. But for us, we play with couples, and we also play with single guys. We've yet to play with a single woman. I am not openly bisexual, so uh, for me, the enjoyment comes from seeing Kate with a single guy, as well as us playing with another couple together as well. So it really does depend, but for, for us, that's where we're on, where, where we are with our journey right now. Would you say that there are a lot of people who dive into this? It's an interesting question because there's been some, we don't, there's not a lot of statistics out there to actually support the swinging lifestyle. And so when people, and if you look in the media, there are some numbers that people throw around. Some, for example, in the United States, 20% of people are in non-monogamous relationships. But that can also include people who perhaps were experimenting in college and had a threesome one night, you know, a drunken threesome. And so they've said, yes, I've done that before. So it is hard to say. We estimate around about 7% of people globally are in the swinging lifestyle. And you may even be surprised to know that this happens in all countries. You know, we, we've traveled the world and participated in this alternative lifestyle that we love in countries where it's actually considered illegal. So we're in Singapore right now and many of the countries surrounding us actually to be a swinger is illegal in those countries. And so it is quite broad and, and it's global. And I think more and more couples are now starting to explore. And certainly what we're finding is younger couples, especially now are starting to say, hold on a second, I really do want to establish what my life's going to look like, You know, not only what career I want, but also how my sexual relationships are going to be. And so it is becoming more and more I say accepted, but also more popular. Is there any country where it's very popular, like more than most? I think just to um, yeah, just to to add to that as well for Kate and answer your question, it is it is more popular. We found um, interestingly amongst I would say developed countries for starters. So if you look at um, you know Europe, the US, Australia, New Zealand, that that's more popular there than perhaps in some of the developing Asian locations and developing regions in other areas as well throughout the world, it's less popular. Not really, can't really put a, a reason to that. But the other interesting thing is it seems to stand out to us that it's around the areas that were originally Catholic or Catholicism-based seem to have more more of this swinging lifestyle than, than we see in other countries that aren't. So rather than some of the Islamic countries and things like that, uh, it's less obvious there. So I don't know whether that means that Catholicism is a little more tight and people tend to bend the rules a little more as they grow up. Maybe that, I, I don't really know. But it does stand out that those are the countries that seem to be a little bit more flexible in terms of how their, uh, how their relationships end up. 
interesting, like rebellious in a sense. Yeah, uh, that's that's how we. That's the only thing we can put to it. We don't really understand why it seems to be the case, but there certainly seems to be. If there's a little more oppression, oppression is not the right word, but I think you know what I'm grasping for here. To actually stop you or ask you not to do this, you tend you tend to see people going, "Well, screw it, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a crack because I want to rather than." I'm allowed to. So it's, it is interesting in that one. So how did you two decided to actually do this or tap into this? Because you said you were together. I don't know if you said you were married or if you're just together be- for many years before you got into this lifestyle. Is that right? Yeah. So we were, we were together for five years before this came up. And Look, the reason it actually came up is I I asked Kate about her sexual fantasies, just you know, in in the vein of wanting to help her explore, and also it allows me to explore and have some fun as well. But in the vein of her understanding what she wanted, I asked her what her fantasies were, and it was interesting because she she couldn't answer me on the spot, and I and I said to her, look, well, you know, have a few days. Think about it and come back to me, and we'll we'll figure out whether we can find something that excites you. In the end, we we she came back and she really hadn't, you know, she hadn't had that chance to explore her her sexual appetite when she was younger. You know, she hadn't had that chance to. She came from quite a strict family as well, so she hadn't had the exposure, perhaps that I'd had to to see what she might want to do. So, with that in mind, we then we just just went on a journey basically to. To try and find out what she was interested in, it started with porn, and you know what style of porn she was interested in, and then we stumbled across a swinging TV show that was um, part of the the Playboy franchise. Actually, it was Playboy Swing. It's it's since finished uh, a number of years ago now, but um, we started watching that, and and she got quite interested in that, and. From there, we had the conversation about, well, let's go to a club, actually, a, a local swingers, swingers club in Sydney. We went along to that, and the first time was horrific, and <laughs> we both walked away, tail between our why, legs. Why was it horrific? <laughs> I'll let Kate tell that story. It's, a, it's quite a good one. Um, I think, first and foremost, we hadn't... The club itself wasn't the greatest. Uh, you know, world over, there's some fantastic swingers clubs. I mean, even over in Spain, there's swingers clubs inside mansions and castles. And the particular one that we went to in Australia... Wasn't inside a mansion it was, or a castle. Yeah, it, it was a bit old. The clientele was older than in the age. I was, I was 29 when we, when we joined the lifestyle, so quite young. And the average age, I think, of people in the room was, was significantly older by decades. And the actual facilities were just a bit dodgy, to be honest, you know, like smelling like mold kind of thing. And uh, so aside from the actual... So really to set the mood. Then. Yeah, really, really getting those juices flowing. But aside from that, it was a case of us walking in and having tried to do some research about what the swinging lifestyle is and tried to do some research about rules and boundaries and saying, okay, this is our rules and boundaries and then walking in and it just not being relevant to our journey and it being something that immediately threw us off and actually I broke a rule and it just, well, we didn't have a fight or anything. We just walked away going, mm, probably not for us, and then took a step back and then went, hold on a second. I think it was just environmental factors and let's try oh, again. Yeah, I, I think jumping into a jacuzzi with a couple having oral sex right beside you and having testicles swinging beside your head may have actually may have actually done your head in just a little bit on the first event. So mm. uh, Kate pulled the pin Is on that the thing that you weren't allowed to do? 
<laughs> no, it was actually something as simple as um, we, we said on the first event, we're just going to go and be wallflowers. You know, we don't even know if we're interested in this. Let's just go, let's talk to people, let's have a few drinks and see if it's even in the realm of something that interests us. And I went and I think we were sitting on the couch by the stripper's pole and there was a performance happening. I was talking to a couple and I started to kiss the, the other lady and the other gentleman. And uh, so even though it's just, you know, you might look at this and go, it's just a kiss, but because it was a rule and it was a broken rule, that was then something where we stepped back and went, hold on a second, are these rules prohibiting us from actually being a bit more fluid? And so we pretty much threw the rule book out after that and now we discuss everything and communicate really strongly as, as our journey unfolds. What exactly was the rule that you broke? To kiss somebody else. Because of the fact that we were saying we would just want to go and do nothing. We just want to go and experience this people. Oh, you broke the rule with, with Daryl. Yeah. Uh, yes, oh, so it's quite common. Okay. Yeah, it's quite common in in swinging for you for you to have rules and boundaries, and some of those are core rules. Might be something as simple as no anal sex, for example. Uh, I say simple, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, so that well, could it sounds be a like it could be there could be a lot of rules. Sounds like it could be an overwhelmingly amount of rules because it's it, it's any kind of situation you want to create, right? Yeah, that's that's why we we say rules and boundaries because some of them are core, you know, that you will not break. And then you've got boundaries that you might change on a situation. I'll give you an example of that. So a rule might be safe sex always. So you're always using condoms. You're always using maybe dental dams if that's what you do for oral sex, depending on the couple, again, depending on their, their journey. So that's a hard and fast, more concrete rule that they have. A boundary might be no sex on the first date. And then you meet a couple or you're at a club and you meet a, you have a great connection. You know, the, the communication's really well. You want to play on the first date. So it actually, the boundary is a little bit more fluid and you collectively together as a couple make that decision that that's not applicable for tonight. So we're going to play on the first night. And that's kind of how we, we shape the two different things. But you are correct. Some couples can have many, many rules that could involve no kissing, no oral, no anal, could involve different sex acts, or it could involve things that perhaps might be a little more emotional for them. So for example, no hand-holding, you know, those kinds of things. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So there's all kinds of... What are some of the rules that you guys have in place for your relationship? Currently? Well, the, the, the only one really for us when it comes to, to play... Well, actually, Kate just, just solidified a new rule for us or a new overarching guideline, I suppose, that I'll let her help you out with. But we, we ch- we've changed a lot along the way, along our journey. But we've, we've just sort of define something new for us. Yeah, so our new new mantra is basically never at the expense of the sexual or mental health of any person, persons. Um, so historically, when we first started, it was rules like same room sex, couples only, no anal, no one night stands, long-term committed couples only, you know, those sorts of things. Those are all out now. And our, our main core thing is, is to make sure that we're practicing this ethically. So never at the expense of us or our partners, both sexually and mental health-wise. I'm, I'm just trying to understand that better. So what would that look like? Like what would... So, so sexual health... How, how would one would break that rule? Yeah, so breaking that rule for, for us would mean, would mean something like not using protection, for example. Because, okay. uh, you know, that would be something that would risk both our, our um, sexual and physical health and possibly our partner's sexual and physical health. The, other, the reason for the mental um, part, of, part of this is because... You know, we've been in situations where perhaps the other couple have pushed their boundaries too far or they've broken a rule earlier in the night or they're just not having a good night. And we've identified that and perhaps still move forward. And we've learned from that that in that case, it's damaging for their relationship as well. 
And also we walk away from it feeling kind of damaged. You know, we've done the wrong thing, morally speaking. So we tend to walk away from those feeling bad as well. So the mental aspect now is around, well, how do we how do we make sure that we do the right thing by us and by others when it comes to their both their physical and their mental attitude? So when we walk away from it, us as a couple and them as a couple or or a single, we walk away saying that was a, a good night. We had a lot of fun. You know, there was a lot of a lot of sex had and and it was an exciting, interesting night. So that that's what we're looking to get rather than walking away and saying, well, you know, we probably shouldn't have done this because they weren't ready. They probably shouldn't have done that. They asked us not to use protection, for example, and and we maybe went along with that. That's something also that we're not willing to do. So yeah, it, it, that's why it's so sort of broad and all-encompassing because our the way we work is is somewhat different to others in that we don't have a lot of hard and fast rules. No, I like that. I mean, that kind of reminds me of, of some of the stuff I, I teach my guys in terms of the guys who I coach or listen to this podcast is, is I teach them this, uh, this concept of having an abundant mindset. And I feel like you're doing that with this kind of ethical look. It's like you're not anymore just going like, oh, well, I don't care what happens to them. I just want to get my thing and I just want to you know, enjoy my time and forget other people as if you're not going to get another opportunity. But it sounds like you're treating it like, you know what? Let's just do the right thing here. It's going to be fine. I'll have plenty of opportunities that are going to be even more enjoyable because the people that you are swinging with are going to have a good time and you're going to have a good time too and it's just worth it in the end. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense, Trip, because we actually just did a panel about abundance and scarcity mindset as it pertains to swinging in the lifestyle because you're absolutely right. If you, if you want to put yourself into a club atmosphere, so pressure's on, you know, you've got a very short, limited time span in that club, maybe to find a partner, maybe to have a good time if that's the reason that you're there. And so as a result of that, some people can be in the scarcity mindset for saying, well, hold on, there's always another weekend, there's always another club, there's always another event. There's many more couples, you know, there's an abundance mindset of like, I don't need to find somebody tonight that maybe not is not the right fit. I'm going to actually find somebody who is absolutely the right fit, who I can explore my sexuality with a little bit more and maybe you've gone there to fulfill a particular desire, which could be maybe some kink involved as well. And so that's the the abundance mindset. So it absolutely makes sense. And it's definitely something we practice in the lifestyle. And I, I need to yeah. add to that as well, especially for your for the, the guys you're talking to. So I can tell you without any shadow of a doubt that single guys who are interesting, you know, in, and engaging in the lifestyle, when, when people, when couples like us go looking, go hunting for single guys, it's actually generally very hard to find somebody. Now, this is exactly the opposite of what you'd expect to hear. So, to, you know, you'd expect that there's a plethora of guys there waiting on the sidelines to be involved in in a, a couple's sexual gratification. Well, it's actually not the case. In a, in a lot of cases, when couples like us find single guys, we actually do get to the point where we, if we know other couples who are interested in it, we will actually ask the single guy, do you mind if we pass your details to this other couple? Because we like them and we think that they'll like you. Would you be okay with that? So it is actually, in, especially in this particular lifestyle, to find a guy who's happy to communicate, relatively confident, can perform in the bedroom and, and also is just a, a, a guy who responds when you pick up the phone and text or pick up the phone and call is quite unusual. So with that in mind, it, it's... This is truly an abundant 
um, playing field for a single guy. That's interesting. Well, why do you think it's so hard to find a guy that would be interested in this? Or what's the, the issue with trying to find someone like that? So there's, there's, from my side, and Kate will give you her opinion in a second, but from my side, it's really about finding somebody who I believe meets the required standard. And, and that standard, don't get me wrong, I'm not setting an unachievable standard for the guys. I'm just looking for somebody who can be a gentleman and also have fun in the bedroom. You know, and the gentleman, gentleman thing comes first and the ability to make Kate feel special and you know, I, I listened. I have listened to some of your material in the past, and I understand some of the concepts of you know being being able to just reach out and provide that physical physical contact as part of the the process of of getting to know somebody. And just simple aspects like that along the way make Kate feel like you're engaged with her, and I want her to feel happy that you know that somebody's interested in her both intellectually and physically. You know, so having the conversation as well as reaching out and, and giving that contact to start with that will graduate into sexual contact as we get further into the bedroom. So for me, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a requirement that somebody actually puts in a little bit of effort and actually shows their interest. For Kate, I'm, I, I know there's some differences there, but some similarities as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd that? agree. Well, yeah, what about you, Kate? I'd agree in essence what Daryl's saying there. I think in terms of the men in that do want to participate in the lifestyle, there, there's there's hundreds of thousands. There's hundreds of thousands of single men around the world that are actually trying to participate in the lifestyle. I think the issue is that many of them, it's it's a fantasy and it's perhaps a fantasy that they're not ready to fulfill yet or haven't really understood more about the lifestyle. And so what happens is if they do turn up at a swingers club, they are going in with that scarcity mindset because they've paid their, I don't know, let's call it a $200 entry fee and as a result of that, they're there to try and have sex. And it's a lot of pressure on them to then try to obtain that in that short time frame. Could be four hours in the club, for example. And, and so as, as a result of that, they can be quite negatively seen as, as, you know, being quote unquote thirsty as opposed to being a bit more confident and having that abundance mindset where you're going, it, it'll happen, you know, and I'll find somebody who, who I quite match with. So aside from everything else that Daryl said, I think that's the biggest key here is that perhaps... It's fantasies that people either aren't ready to fulfill yet or haven't really understood what the lifestyle is about and how they can engage with a couple because it is very different. A single man engaging with a single female for a date is very different to then needing to engage in a, in a three-way relationship. And there's a lot of pressure on them as well. If we go out on a date, you can imagine Trip as a single guy sitting next to a couple. You know, We're almost like a two-on-one <laughs> thing. You've, you've not only got to please me or, you know, pique my interest. But similarly, you've got to pique the interest of my partner to make sure that he's okay. He wants to see this other guy with me and thinks that he's appropriate for, for our sexual journey. Yeah, he's got to be interested in this whole idea of sleeping with the wife or female partner and also be interested in there being another man there. Like it's, it's, it's not just okay, you're sleeping with a woman. It's, there's another added element to it. Mm -hmm. And it feels like if he's not interested in that and not bringing that passion to that concept, then that would be something where you guys would be like, okay, this is someone we might look over. Yeah, it's not only that though, Trip. What we found is even with... Uh, it's quite well known in, in swinging that if you get a guy like that who's not perhaps 
fully interested in having another guy in the room. Once you get into the room, certain things don't work. And, and it's purely the pressure that's been applied to themselves before they've gotten in there. They're pushing something that isn't necessarily there for them because they wish to experience the fantasy, I suppose, or just with that, again, that scarcity mindset, there may not be any future of sex with a, another couple or a single female. So with that in mind, they, they walk into the room already somewhat panicked or pushing quite hard in terms of their boundaries. And, and with that in mind, you know, men have this problem that if you are not in the right mindset, you will not get the erection you need to fulfill the duties that you're there for. It's not uncommon. Right. How many times have you guys had that situation where it's just gone wrong? Or what's your percentage or That's ratio 40%. of it going? <laughs> okay, that was a quick answer. Uh, 40% of it, it not working out. 40% of, of men not being able to perform in the bedroom. Yeah. I mean, it, it fluctuates. Sometimes it goes down to 20 to 30. I had a run there in about 2017 where it was about 50 to 60% of the men that we were engaging with couldn't perform in the bedroom. And that's not to say that, you know, a penetrative sex with your cock is the only thing that's on the table here. You know, there are many ways to, to pleasure another person. But unfortunately, once that, that mindset's kicked in and once that is happening, it is very difficult to step away from that and, and not get in a further anxious uh, state, you know. So but that's, that's about, I would say, roughly 40%. Okay, got it. Let's switch gears here for a second because I'm curious about what it would take for a guy to get into this with his partner. So now we're talking to guys who think that this might be something that they, they want to be like you, like you guys, and how they could go about doing that. So imagine... You know, someone listening right now is completely single, but knows that they want to dabble in swinging when they finally have a partner. Where do you begin with something like that? Yeah, it's it's actually a very common question that we get, and we we get this from people who are, as you say, single, and then we get this from men who perhaps have been in committed relationships for five, ten, fifteen years. And I think the answer is is similar to both of those those gentlemen out there is that. You have to understand your reasonings for wanting to try this. So therefore, you can communicate to your partner. A lot of people will just say, oh, communication's key. And they're correct in saying that. But before the communication comes, you need to really understand your reasonings so you can better communicate those to your either future partner, potential partner, or current partner. And, and I'll give you an example of that. You know, a man turns up and he says, hey, honey, she's, she's just finished, I don't know, maybe they've got a family. She's just finished putting the kids down or making dinner or or what have you, or maybe they're out on their first or second or third date. Hey, honey, I want a threesome. You know, you can imagine that can go down like a lead brick because in her mind, instantly, she's going into a state of anxiety, a state of panic, going, hold on, am I not good enough for you? And unless he has the things, ammunition is in his belt, if you, if you will, of him being able to communicate the reasons why he's interested in the lifestyle, fulfilling some fantasies, maybe it's to explore some sexuality with her, explore a little bit about their relationship. Maybe he's even tabling some rules to begin with. Here's how I would like to see this unfolding. You know, having those things as ammunition in your back pocket when you're having these conversations is really key to making that person feel comfortable rather than just saying, I would like a threesome. Because that just throws the whole thing in a, in a spin. It also helps you, helps you understand for starters, what the other person might be interested in as well. If they do come back and give a positive response to even something as, as 
poorly delivered as what we've just described, you know, that there is a way to, you, at least you've got something there to, to discuss in terms of what you were interested in and you've got your mind right around it. I think for single guys, it is a little different because you're now not dealing with a partner. So for single guys, I would give the advice that, you know, there's multitudes of websites throughout the world. Unfortunately, there's nothing that's really overarching. So you, you do have to find out what fits locally and that might mean joining a few different websites to figure out which one is the the biggest in your region. But there are, it doesn't take a lot of Googling to, to find some of the major players throughout the world. But with that in mind, get on there, get a profile set up, actually do some work on discussing yourself in the profile and discussing what you're looking for. Mm. Because you will find, no matter what you're into, no matter what you're into, there will be somebody out there who's into the same thing as you. And I mean, right on the fringe, there's, there's, there's always somebody who will, be, uh, who will be looking for the same thing as you. So get yourself up on, on, online. And um, if, if the site offers the ability for you to, to have conversations free of charge, then, then do that. But make sure that you're actually understanding what that profile says. It's one thing to use a shotgun method online and you can do that, but you have to be quite, quite sorted in terms of how you put yourself forward if you do that. Because what you might end up again is putting yourself in that situation where you haven't uh, you you haven't um, put forward what you're interested in, and hence you might walk in, into a room, you know, with a with a with a bisexual male who you you're not comfortable with because you're not bisexual, right? So that's something that you need to keep in mind. Make sure you find the right people, but approach as many people as you can. I would suggest that you try to tailor those approaches as well, though, to make sure people are interested in what you're interested in. And from there, just be a gentleman, have, have good conversations, be responsive when it comes to text messages and things like that. Because most of this conversation happens prior via text message. And then from there, once you're into the, the swinging lifestyle and you've managed to uh, meet a couple and perform, then it's very likely that they'll continue to ask, invite you back into their bedroom. And from there, it's even, it becomes even more likely that they will introduce you to other couples or invite you to events where there's, you know, where you may be the only single guy in the room amongst a grouping of 20, 30 couples. So, you know, again, that the abundance that is there is, is it's really quite strong in this lifestyle. But to answer your question, Trip, if a single gentleman is wanting to find another single female to start their relationship with dating, like Daryl said, there are dating sites out there. So you can click on what you're actually looking for. So there's a couple of ways to do it. There's the online version. So just doing it straight away you're a single guy, you're already on the dating profiles looking for perhaps another woman. So then you can just be very upfront with what you're looking for. I'm interested in a woman who's interested in a non-monogamous lifestyle or relationship. So that's a way to do it. Or if you are just out dating and you're at a club or whatever, and you're having those initial conversations, you can table that pretty early. It sounds like the, the pattern that I'm seeing with all of this is you have to have a decent idea of what you're looking for whether it's going to be you're communicating this to a partner, it's going to be someone that you want to meet who you want to do swinging with but haven't met yet, or if you're just trying to do it on your own. That, that's just what I'm gathering. Does that sound right? I, I'd agree with that statement because, again, if you don't understand what you want, how can you tell other people what it is that you're desiring? You know, And, and I think that's, that is a, a critical element. So... I, I do suggest to people always really sit down and take the time to think about what your fantasies are, what's driving that interest in that. You know, is it 
something that is realistic? You know, are you wanting an orgy or are you wanting a gangbang? And what does that look like? And why are you interested in it? And, and then once you understand that, you can communicate it better. What if you don't know? What if you're like, I, I won't even know where to begin because I don't know what I, what I want and I'm so new to this. I have no clue. I think the only way to to deal with that is the same, unfortunately, for everything is you've kind of got to learn through a little Jump trial in. and error. You know, yeah. it's it's unfortunate, but that's the way you do it. And, and hopefully, though, look, if you can befriend a couple along the way or ultimately listen to, you know, there, there's, a, as Kate mentioned earlier, there's a lot of podcasts now out there around the swinging lifestyle and other non-monogamous lifestyles. Uh, pick up, pick up your whatever your pod podcatcher is, and actually start listening to what other people are saying. You may find something that excites you along the way uh, through listening to that, and that might be the way to do it as well. I would say exploration is the only way to the only way to really figure that out. And let's be let's be honest that a lot of the people that from the countries that I mentioned that are Catholicism based, you know, we've been our upbringing has been around not doing this. So we don't have that education. We don't, we, it's not like we can go and ask our parents or even ask in some cases our friends around us. If you're in a, a relationship like Kate and I have originally, you know, a, a monogamous relationship, for us to walk into one of my friends and say, hey, I'm thinking about letting my wife sleep with another man, the, relation, the relationship there could be quite damaged by that. So you can't even ask that. So sometimes it's just making the mistakes. Other times, do your research. Um, yeah, the, any, any, any of the podcasts out there will help a lot, I think. And, and like we mentioned earlier in the podcast as well, is to, and as much as I'm hesitant to say porn can be educational because let's be frank, it's not really, but it is in this aspect because watching some of the swing scenes uh, play out in porn can be quite useful for a single man, a single woman, a couple whoever's really watching it, because as that porn scene is unfolding, you can go, that's turning me on, that's turning me on, not so much that, probably don't like that, or that's definitely off the table. So it's a good baseline for you to go, okay, this is what's making me aroused and where are these feelings coming from and therefore, what am I desiring and why? So where would someone go to, like what kind of sites are out there? I know you mentioned that there's some local sites depending on where you live. Are there any suggestions you guys have for someone to get started in this if they wanted to do it in their city? Like, where would you go to find people who might be interested in this? Yeah, it's it's a really common question as well, Trip. And and as we said before, there's regional, there's more global sites. We have some on our website where that people can go and have a look. And I'm I'm forever updating that as we identify new sites that are more, I guess, larger in certain areas. And I'll give you an example of that. SDC is, is um, a Seek, Discover, Create, is a dating site that's quite prevalent throughout Europe and Asia. But if you were to use that down in Australia, it would be no good. So down in Australia, you would have to use a site called Red Hot Pie, for an example. If you're in the US, there's five or six kind of larger players and more regional players. So I would definitely Google what the, the local app is, uh, the local website. You can have a look on our website as well. As I said, we do list quite a few and uh, or just reach out to us. We're happy to mention to you which is the local one. I mean, we get emails frequently from people in China or Germany saying, well, where should I go? So it's um, have a Google first, but if you need some help, reach out to somebody like us or you know any of the other um, Swinging Lifestyle bloggers or podcasters and they'll definitely help you out. Cool. There is That's one great. app that I'll, that I'll mention that has that we've found 
works basically throughout the world. Uh, granted, it's it's in some locations it's lesser than others, but uh, Field is a is a app only. So it's a I think it now actually does span Apple and Android or iOS and Android. It historically, only used to be Apple, but Field F W L D is a quite a good app for actually actually meeting anyone in the swinging lifestyle that's around you. And it does allow you to filter down to the the area and the region and you can actually zoom on a map and figure out exactly where you'd like to be. So you can plan forward as well. So for example, if you're traveling to a different location, you can plan, plan forward to meet people in that location as well. So it, it is quite uh, quite useful. We use it regularly when we travel into a new into a new region and it just allows you to see who's local and who might be looking to catch up and have a have a, a meal or a drink or or even better potentially play. Yeah, and it's it's very similar. That particular mobile app is very similar to the Tinder, the Grinder, the the Thrinder kind of idea of it's just swiping. So that's F E E L D, and depending on your region or country, it may be very busy or it may be dead. Got it. All depends. Trial and error. Yep. Are there any questions I haven't asked you that you get? asked a lot? We get asked a lot about jealousy. Again, as Daryl kind of mentioned that scenario of walking into his friend's place around the barbecue and saying, hey, you know, I let my wife sleep with other men. And the response generally is, well, how can you, how can you deal with that? How can you take something that is so intimate between two people, i.e. sex, and a lot of people relate that to the intimacy in, in their relationship or how they use it as a, a grounding for how their relationship is either sex, successful or not. And so we get asked about the jealousy question, you know, how can you watch a partner do that? Or don't you love each other as a result of being in the lifestyle or... Or it will never last it'll after It'll never this. last. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that, that's really common and it's not, it's not for everybody. You know, something we commonly say on our, on our podcast or through any of our interactions is the lifestyle is not for everyone. Just because you listen to a podcast about it doesn't mean you need to go and try it. Or certainly just because you might explore or dabble in it a little bit doesn't mean you need to stay in it. You know, this is not just a, a, a train that's off, running off the, the tracks. And in terms of the jealousy aspect, I mean, we have a very solid foundation of a relationship and we deal with things as they pop up. If they pop up, I was actually quite a jealous individual many, many years ago. And I've been on quite an interesting journey throughout the, the swinging lifestyle and throughout us opening our relationship up. and it's really allowed me to understand myself at the core and, and what was triggering some of those feelings. And, and it's helped us to actually grow. So it's been quite a positive uh, experience for us. Some couples do feel jealousy and I don't think that that's necessarily a negative thing. You know, I think there's a lot of negativity surrounding that word and I think it can actually be quite powerful to embrace some of those feelings, understand them better and then, and then work through them. But I'd say jealousy is a common one. It can actually be quite sexy as well, jealousy. You know, to be in a room potentially with, so for us, with another single guy and, and him being better at something or more exciting by my perspective than perhaps I am, that's something that, you know, I'm able to offer that to, to Kate for her to have some escapism potentially from our relationship as well to do something or to be with somebody who's unlike me. You know, it's something that I can't offer myself because it's not who I am. But of course, you know, I'll tell you the story of the first time we had a single guy and he actually drove the same car as me. He worked in a very similar field as me. He was 10 years younger than me, but also very well put together in terms. He was, he was well exercised, had a rippling six pack, which I would love to say I have, but don't. Thank you, COVID. So with, 
with that in mind, my immediate response to that was jealousy. You know, I didn't understand why Kate would want to stay with me when there's somebody who's the same as me, younger and, and better positioned in life. So that actually added to the excitement somewhat at the time. And it did take me some time afterward to digest it. But at the time, it was more exciting because I'm like, well, you know, we're dabbling here with, with fire somewhat, you know what I mean? Or at least in my head, that's what, what, what was happening. It wasn't the case at all after the fact, but that's how I was thinking at the time. So for some people... So like really the dangerous aspect of it is like a turn on? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends on the individual. For me, it's not. So this was, you know, this is the only instance I've experienced this. But we've got, we've got friends in this lifestyle who very much enjoy playing with danger. For example, they enjoy their wife going out by themselves and finding a guy at a bar and, and taking him to a hotel and having sex with him. And the husband not knowing anything about that until after the fact. And the excitement comes from hearing about the story and hearing about her excitement and hearing about the fun that she had as a, uh, a post-sex update, I suppose. So, you know, for some people, that's how it works. And, and as I said, every couple has a different relationship. Yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's different for everybody. I think that someone who might ask that question to you, who's really concerned about it, like, well, what about the jealousy aspect? Well, they're probably not understanding that level. It's like, that's not how their brain is working. That's just not, you know, what's going to turn them on. Uh, what's interesting is I held back from asking you to that question. <laughs> Just because it's almost as if I feel like I already knew the answer to it. I'm glad that we brought it up. That's not the point of what I'm saying here. But I held back from from asking that just because in my head, I thought there is no handling of the jealousy, really, because this is the thing that turns people on if you're into this thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's almost as if, well, we don't have to deal with jealousy because there just really isn't jealousy. You're not going to go into swinging if you're like this super jealous person. Of course, it's not black and white. You know, there might be some and things like that. But again, that is part of the turn on, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think there is there is certainly people who go into this to stretch their boundaries on jealousy as well. And I, I think certainly for Kate, that was part of it. You know, to actually understand more about why she was jealous constantly. So um, there, there is aspects of that as well. I think in a, in a lot of cases, it, it just comes down to people wanting to be a little bit more exploratory, you know, happy to, happy to push their boundaries, whether it be through travel or through trying different food or through trying different sex positions, you know, or, or different relationships in terms of what we're talking about. That exploration that I find now is the key driver and meeting new and interesting people who then potentially we get to have sex with. Very interesting. Well, this has been this has been a, really a great conversation. I feel like you both have explained this in a way that's easy to understand and you know gave a little bit of insight on what you can do if you'd be interested in getting into this, whether it's with a partner of your own or if you want to do it on your own. So thanks for, for doing this. It makes sense that you guys were able to explain this in such a simple way just because you've been doing it for such a long time and you have a podcast of your own. So where can guys find you with the podcast as well as any websites you want to point them to? Yeah, thanks, Trip. It's always really 
exciting, I guess, to share our journey and our story to other people, perhaps if they have never thought about this. And as you said really early in the podcast today, exploring alternative relationships is really key because, you know, there's a great wide world out there and it's nice to be able to know that there are some different things on the table. So I really appreciate your time first and foremost. And uh, to find us, we are on all major podcast catches as Swinging Down Under. But the easiest way to connect with us is to go to our website, swingingdownunder.com. And on there, you'll find all of our social media links as well as voicemail and a little bit more about our journey and us, including some photos of us as well. Awesome. Sounds great. And just anything you want to add? We're the... Swinging Lifestyle is constantly looking for single guys, as I said before. So provided you're, you're willing to be uh, you know, a gentleman and actually respect other people's boundaries on the way, then there is a, uh, an open field here in terms of the, the people who are trying to find single guys to fulfill their fantasies. So you know, provided you're willing to be involved in that, that there is a lot of potential in this particular group. Yeah, of absolutely. And feel free to reach out to on our website. There's a contact us page. If you are a single guy or you're in a, a fairly new relationship or a relationship and you just want to talk about your journey, just reach out to us on email. We're always answering people's questions. So feel free to contact us. Look at that. We've gone into recruitment now. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll leave their website as well as their podcast information on the show notes. Kate, Daryl, thanks so much for for doing this and and being here and appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much, Trip. Thank you very much. Good to be here.